what's going on everybody this is frisky morris sessions episode 53 featuring the ridgelands the ridgelands are a south side skate punk uh trio and we talk about some lineup changes social media touring all over the u.s uh kind of recording and getting put on a label and kind of like how skate culture uh kind of opened them into punk culture and kind of how the two have been synonymous with each other for a really long time uh other than that uh you're gonna hear four tracks as usual live from coach house recordings so you're gonna hear one right after this and then throughout the podcast episode coming up in the series the next week we will have our next Frisky Morris Sessions, episode 54, featuring Sass Dragons, and we're going to be playing tracks off their brand new album that actually officially released on Saturday, and that's entitled True Adventure. Uh, guys were awesome. It was an awesome interview. My SD card actually was full halfway through the interview, so we had to start over. So it's an awesome interview, and the tracks that they picked from True Adventure are killer. So next week, you're going to check that out. Uh, After that, we have an album review roundtable. The two guests that are going to be accompanying Chris and I are still to be determined, but definitely let me know if your band or a friend's band or a friend of a friend's band has any releases from April, May, and June to be included on that episode. I'm only one person and I can only do so much research and staring at a computer screen looking for releases uh so again i know i missed some last episode that some people weren't completely thrilled about uh so help me out here definitely get in contact with us via twitter or via facebook and definitely let us know of releases that happened the past three months that we can include on this episode so i don't miss anyone (laughs) uh and then after that We are going to have a couple out-of-towners. We have Avenues from Milwaukee and Crab Legs from North Dakota. We're going to be doing a first rounds on me with my buddy Kyle, who started a hot sauce company called Soothsayer Hot Sauce, and he actually pairs hot sauces with Chicago bands' uh, album releases. So it's a really cool concept that he's doing, and he just... uh, had a pretty successful kickstarter campaign a little while ago so we'll be sitting down and talking with him and then in july we already have a band confirmed we are going to be sitting down with the three piece that is the dies and they're actually coming out with a new record called stomp and the album release party for that is going to be mid-july so definitely be on the lookout for that as well so those are all the updates i have uh for now enjoy this awesome awesome skate punk sing-along punk rock true to the genre and it's just uh doug and victor and mike are just three amazing guys and it's an awesome conversation uh so for now enjoy frisky morris sessions episode 53 featuring the ridgelands which is actually the 70th episode for frisky morris and friends as a podcast so yay to us um but for now enjoy the ridgelands
mean, like, I know there's a couple people that were still around, but, like, that was the first riot test. Yeah. It was, like, a battle of the bands to play with naked ray gun. <laughs> and, like, I got bombed, and we played, we're like, this fucking sucks, because we were kind of, like, an anarcho crusty band. Like, Fuck this. Yeah. Just bailed. But, and now it's... I kind of wish I would have like, Yeah, but you don't even get it. You, you'll be lucky to get a Chicago band if it's fucking like Alkaline Trio. No, you're going to get like is... Flatfoot, uh, Crombies. Those are the only two <laughs> Chicago bands you're going to see on Riot Fest. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I mean, they're the biggest, so I mean, it makes yeah. sense, but <laughs> festivals ruin punk rock, man. Nobody can go to towns and just play shows where everybody comes out anymore because everybody's waiting for the, the festivals for and traveling and spending all their money on that. Nobody yeah. can go out to a fucking cool punk rock show anymore. True that. Shit's lame. We ready? Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll? Yeah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Frisky Morris Sessions. I'm here with the Ridgelands. What's going on, guys? How's it going? Hello. How's it going? Hello. Hello. They just played four live tracks uh, live in the studio at Coach House Recordings. And what we would have just heard the first track you guys played. So what was that first track called? Padded Rooms. Padded Rooms. Nice. Uh, so I always start these off with kind of like an origin story, how the band got started, why you guys decided on the type of sound that is the Ridgelands and kind of take it away. Um, okay, well, <laughs> well, first it started out with just, you know, me writing songs because I was really pissed off on MySpace because, you know, all the band friend requests, they would uh -huh. be like, oh, like my band, and I'd be like, oh, cool, music. i click it and listen to it, you know, the music sounds good, and then you got some fucking dildo who sounds like he's never heard a song before <laughs> in his life, and it's like, why did you put this on the internet? Like, you're off time. Like, you're not in key or anything. I was like, I could do better than this. Yeah. And after a while, I could do better than this. I, I could try to do better than this. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to try to do better than this. So, you know, I wrote songs. And, you know, our, our friend Andy, who uh, he works with uh, First Class Fools and mm -hmm. shit, um, he, he was playing drums for us. We never really had a bassist. Our friend Greg who went on tour with us a bunch. He was our bassist for a while, but he didn't actually know how to play <laughs> the bass. So we were like, uh, see ya. And then Andy kind of like, you know, we, we we just weren't feeling it, so. He said he got into soccer or something. Sorry, Andy, I love you. It was in his soccer stint, you're right. And then, uh, Did you always day, play guitar? Or yeah, was, that was like your main instrument? Yeah, yeah that was, that's all I really know. I try to teach myself other things. But so one day I was skating with Mike, and this is when he was just like getting clean. Fresh out of rehab. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, you want to hear like some of my shit? And he's like, yeah. And, you know, I give him my fucking MP3 or headphones or whatever the fuck we were playing music off at the time. Yeah. You know, I go skating around while he's listening. He's like, do you guys want a bass player? And I was like, you play bass? He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. No, all right, hold on. First of all, I no, it wasn't like I had no musical experience. I played guitar in bands and shit before, but yeah. uh, hit, hit, hit a... Rough pat, rough road, and then uh, rough pitch. Chilled out, with two flat tires. <laughs> yeah, chilled out, and then started fucking hanging with Doug and skating with him again, and because we've been mutual skateboard friends for a long time. And yeah, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been like doing music. I'm like, well, I got no bands. Like, I just you know starting to get my life back together. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll, I'll play bass. I can play guitar. Yeah, next play day, he, next day he shows up with the fucking brand new bass cab and a fucking <laughs> bass that he still has. This went out and bought it. I was like, he's like, yeah, you want to play bass? You want to come bass? I didn't have any bass shit. I'm like, all right. Went out and just bought like a whole fucking bass rig. Like, I think I'm credit because I was still in debt from being all fucked up. Yeah, but. I'd like to Whatever. add, too, before Andy and stuff, I was jamming with Mike Van Clay and Ryan, the criminal kids. Mm. Yeah. Don't give Ryan credit. Well, no, I, I would have <laughs> to hear about it. Yeah, exactly. Give him something to be pissed about. <laughs> Love you, Ryan. <laughs> so then, with the, um, with the two of you, kind of what's, what's the writing style been now that kind of the two of you have been kind of the main staples of the I band guess. throughout. You know what? This is exactly how the writing style has been. 
Doug writes acoustic songs. Usually he had an acoustic guitar. That's how it used mm-hmm. to go. He'd write a song and uh, he'd send me like a fucking voice note, like over a text or email or something. I'd like listen to it. I'd be at work. That was like, I felt like our prime time. Like we'd be bored at work, text each other. Like, hey, I came up with this the other day. Yeah, that's right. You know, nice. send each other ideas so and shit. he would like send me like an acoustic track and I would just like listen to him. And the, the term we always used was, I'll take the shit. You spray paint it gold. <laughs> because, honestly, I'm not great at writing songs. I could write lyrics, or I could write a riff. I can't write a melody to a song. Doug can write fucking pretty tight melodies to songs. Nice. So he would just come up like, here's my idea, but I can hear like, oh, if we did it faster, we did it like this, whatever. So I was always like, well, here's a song. I'd put in some lyrics or something or whatever we needed, and then I was like, "Not spray painted gold." It's like that was the vodka. Yeah, that was the vodka, <laughs> and it's like that's when it's like you're hammered and you're listening to it, and you're like, "Man, this would sound really cool here." And you add those like little fucking goofy things, like, "Hey, you should do this here, do this here." And yeah, like, Corey Webster must die. We wrote like three of those songs on my fucking bed. Yeah, nice. <laughs> in of, one a night, lot, a lot of those songs, man. Eight four nine, like we wrote shit. there. Eight four nine, we wrote like in his room, like. He just like had this riff and like an idea, and it was, 849 was an old place in Humboldt Park I live. Mm-hmm. But uh, same thing, it's like we didn't have lyrics, but we just sat there and just wrote the lyrics to the music. And, sure, yeah. But it's a song we don't play anymore, but it's that's how it's always worked out. Oh, yeah, basically, so you know, whatever. If uh, we all we all have a group text and we we send our shit in, you know, like oh, I got a couple lyrics or like you know, we work like, a lot, so I don't get that. Yeah, so like, it's more like. Sending each other pieces, yeah, and then I mean, everyone has those pieces yeah, to bring the yeah. to I mean, the I table. Mean, They've I mean, had honestly, time to percolate I mean, honestly, for the practice. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. at first, I mean, we've been through a couple of drummers too. Fix our newest one. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Please stay in the band. Yeah. I'm not looking for another drummer. <laughs> I know, fucking. But uh, what what Victor is what number drummer for the band? Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Mike Van Clay slash Ryan is one. We'll we'll group that in one. Andy, two. Chris, three, Brett, EJ, EJ four, Brett. Brett, five. So you'd be the sixth drummer. We're like, fuck, <laughs> we're like fucking kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that um, with kind of that back and forth of like the ideas and stuff with the drummer lineup changes, has that affected the writing process or, at it's, all? Or no. has it primarily it just it been cool? It's, it's been cool because because me and, me and Doug, we, we, we write how we write. Yeah, yeah. So every time we've had a new drummer come in, it's a new element. So like, man, like, no, nah, dude, right. what are you guys doing? It sounds fucking stupid, dude. Like this, it's like, <laughs> oh, duh, we don't think about because we're stuck in our ways of writing. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's why all our songs sound the fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but if you listen, if you listen to Corey Webster Must Die and like, it, it's like a more well, yeah. poppy. Well, yeah, every thing. band, and then, and then fucking yeah, but we're not really trying to like. Fucking go for it and be different. It's just like yeah, sure. We wrote this and this is what we play. That's an important thing of writing. We don't we don't set out for a sound. Yeah, we just write, write you know, write lyrics, ideas, and then like play some music. And if it works, he comes up with the good melodies, and I can come up with like a little bit of production aspects. Like Mm -hmm. hey, this is sound good here. This is sound good here, and then it's an all right song that some people want to listen to. (laughs) Hopefully. Right. And I know you guys are, the other thing I wanted to touch about kind of growing up and stuff like that is kind of South Suburb and kind of the weird disconnect like Mike and I were just talking about on the walk to Food Smart. But I feel like I've talked about this with other Southside bands where it's like you get to like Reggie's and then there's like nothing and then it's like a little bit Blue Island, a little bit like Oak Lawn, like there was like yeah. that Mike's yeah. Love in Lounge oh, see, or whatever yeah, in see, Summit. That, that but then yeah. it's like it's weird because it's like there's so much like North Side like well, heavy see, stuff and then it seems like oh the South Side people just do their own thing and they play with each other and like there's I mean, at least like when I was coming up like there wasn't that like crossover where yeah. it was like well, you, like they played here, the, you guys played here and well, that see, was it. The, the cool thing with uh well, like, the, the Southside bands I'll always see going up north. They'll yeah. always play venues up north. But I feel like nobody really cares because, I mean, they're not close homies and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But um, 
But playing on the south side is really cool, and I will say it's a great idea for north side bands to start looking into playing Blue Island and the Midway area mm-hmm. and uh, Brighton Park because it's unheard of. But there's like Ranchos Huevos, which is on like Archer and Arch or something. Mm-hmm. I've been going to punk shows in the basement of this house, this little shitty house that smells like dirt. I've been going to punk shows. <laughs> no, seriously, it's it, whatever. Uh, I remember this dude Chris used to live there. I don't know who lives there now, but they're uh-huh. still doing shows Gross. in the basement. And this was over ten years ago. Yeah. But, but you ask most people. About Ranchos Huevos, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. You ask them about Blue Island, they don't talk about like you can. There's cool bands, cool shows, but people don't want to travel because I feel like up north, the. Uh, Not dude, my buddy's DJing down the street. It's cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, between like well, Sub T and Double Door well, and Fireside and well, Quenchers and stuff. In Chicago, like there's, a like, couple there's like 106 no. shows going on in one night, yeah. and, you know, yeah, a block away not, from each not, other. Not, yeah. not only is it over. Is there too many shows? But I feel like the thing is, too, when you come up here, public transit is so easy mm-hmm. that nobody wants to leave their comfort zone. Sure. Nobody wants to be like, you know, it's not like you're 15 anymore. Like, when you're 15, it's like, oh, there's a show, like, fucking 40 minutes away. Like, you get in a, you find a car, you get in with your friends, yeah. and you go. Now that everybody's, like, older and living in the city, it's like, oh, the show down Blue Island, I gotta take the red line, and I'm like, what? Man, fuck that. That's gonna take me an hour to get there. The Uber's gonna be like 40 bucks. People people don't realize Chicago's such a big city, but it kind of hurts, but it's cool because then you have different scenes. You got like a cool, like in Pilsen, like where I used to live in 21st, there's like a cool underground DIY scene. Mm -hmm. Down Blue Island, there's an awesome, like, very eclectic scene. You got fucking gangbangers, you got fucking punk rockers you got fucking everybody down yeah. there and then up north you got like some cool rock and roll shit and like you got everything it's but I just wish everybody would kind of start working together just, just yeah. like work outside their comfort zones a little bit and just make cause Chicago could be the coolest music city ever yeah. but nobody wants to work with each other <laughs> everybody's fucking crossed arm chin up <laughs> you know make friends no for sure but that would be the shit yeah and I, you guys are kind of working on, I mean, you guys have played all over, you guys have played a ton out of state, and you guys have toured and things like that. Um, what has been kind of, like, the main difference in your travels from, like, the scene in Chicago versus, like, scenes in, like, Minneapolis or, for, or like, People other places in the, mid, in the Midwest? In Every, the Midwest. Give a shit. Everybody shows up to the show and everybody gives a shit. Yeah. Even if they don't like your band, they're still going to support you because you fucking came all the way from somewhere else. Chicago? Try and book my friends, whatever. My homies, my homies, my homies. Come out, come out, come out, come out. They're homies. You've met them before. And, like, nobody shows up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Chicago is a bad scene, but it's too... There's so much going on that yeah. people get too comfortable. They're like, oh, I'll catch the next show. But the idea that it's like super saturated. Everybody's yeah. always like, oh, I'll catch the next one. But I also, I also like it too because like you'll go out like I mean we play fucking Blue Island. Everybody's be like, that was awesome. It's like, thanks, you know, awesome. But like it kind of almost doesn't count because you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but like I like we right. You're saying Minneapolis. We we played this VFW in Minneapolis, and fucking so, you know, some girl comes up. She's like, man, I really love your lyrics, and your voice is awesome. Like that's a real fucking compliment. Yeah. You know, and like it makes it all like the eight hour drive fucking way better. You know, it's like you know you you know you're driving there. You think, oh Plus man, the I hope there's not homies. just one fucking person. There. Yeah. You know, but then then it turns out to be a really fucking good show. And it just, it's awesome. I feel like, too, is that idea where, like, the amount of, like, all-ages shows, if it's not, like, a DIY house show, is just so small. Yeah. And I remember playing out, and I did an acoustic set in DeKalb, where I went to school, and there was, house like, these, like, or some yeah, 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 I, did, I got, like, 610 out there, and I did, like, an acoustic set with them. And there was, like, these little kids just, like, there, like, waiting, like, I was talking to Tobin, and they were, like, looking at us, and then, like, looking down, I was like, oh, shit, I remember when I was, like, 12, 13, like, thinking that these guys were, like, fucking the shit, I was like, that's me now, that's fucking awesome, (laughs) but it's that same 
idea where it's like, man, fucking like people actually listened and they weren't just like, oh, I'm your buddy, so like I'm gonna like drink beers while you're playing. Like See, it's a different. Like one of the main reasons that we were so stoked on like Victor coming into the band is because he would show up literally underage to shows by himself, just drive himself there and try to sneak in, or we would sneak him in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He was like an actual fan of our band. Well, that was now, like that was like when when, uh, when our last drummer bailed, and we were, me and him started talking. We're like, oh, who do we look for a new drummer? And we had a couple people, you know, put in their input and like some I weird mean, kid a, in Vermont playing in front of a fucking train. Yeah, to like a Blink 182 yeah. song. Well, Videotaped <laughs> himself. A train is going by. No, I swear to God. Can we, like, can we put the video on later. We'll find yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. If we find it, we'll put it in the description. I also am going to put a link to their YouTube channel because we were just talking about Minneapolis. And I don't know if even you guys remember this. You guys started doing those like 45 seconds in yeah, I know. I videos. And there's the, the Minneapolis one is fucking Wait, hilarious. The one where you where got tin like, foil on your head. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? Doug got the guy like for his birthday present like a canvas flag the banner, and, like yeah, the, the banner, banner. and Mike's like Mike. this isn't a fucking present like, <laughs> like it's it's canvas and spray paint and he's like but I like it and then it just like cuts to like Mike and like aviator goggles and like tinfoil like they're after me like, I feel like like it sums it sums up kind of like the party like good time nature of the band but at the same time like there's serious shit that's like talked about in the lyrics of songs sometimes and other times right. it's you like party party but the, the best way I'll describe this band is we like to fuck off as much as possible but when it comes down to it you get the shit done but that's yeah. how that's how life is that's that's how like even work is like we party hard as fuck like most people in our positions can't hold jobs. Mm-hmm. Somehow we can. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I've had the same job for 10 years. I've been in and out of rehab. Same job. Never lost it. Yeah, that's awesome. Probably shouldn't be saying that into the microphone. We can edit that one out. We can edit it out. If you really want oh, to. Oh, yeah. yeah. I meant off the record. <laughs> <laughs> That was with, like, YouTube, and we were, like, talking about Snapchat and stuff like that. You guys are on, surprisingly, a lot of social media channels. You guys have a Twitter. You have a Spotify. Have a you have an Instagram. Yeah. You have Snapchat. Yeah, we have, you have, yeah. have, you have the Big Cartel page for your merch. You have the YouTube channel, the Facebook right. page. Like, I know Facebook. how do you keep up with all of it? Uh, and why, don't, why do you have We it? don't, because... <laughs> Because the only thing I knew was Facebook, Instagram, and Big Cartel. You just named them. Fuckload. Well, I, 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 I made, I, I made the Snapchat. You made the fucking Twitter because I don't, I don't even know how to use that. Fuck That's Twitter. old. Twitter's fucking Twitter. with it. Can we just delete it? Well, on the, on the Facebook uh, yeah. page where it says visit website, it takes you to your Twitter page. So uh, whatever. We did it like six years ago. <laughs> well, whatever. That is our website. Visit our web page. You're on. Visit our web page. Hasn't been updated since like six years ago. All right. Never mind. Yeah, but no, I, I, I made, I made the Snapchat, <laughs> but I realized that whoever has my number, it just shows up as Tall Dog or whatever the fuck my name is in your phone. It doesn't show up as, as the Ridgelands. Oh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? So I kind of like fucked off on that. <laughs> but I try to keep up on like the Facebook and, and the Instagram. I like, you know. Facebook's cool because uh, that's how... Originally, when we first didn't know what the fuck we were doing, booked a lot of tours. I had some old homies from old bands mm-hmm. touring, but Facebook hooks it up. Yeah. You know, you just like start asking people, hey, uh, you guys know people in this band, this band? Oh, no, talk to these guys, talk to these guys, and that's how you get your tours booked. Yeah. If you're doing it DIY. But Instagram's silly. <laughs> but, but I like it because, to be honest, we're idiots, so like, usually pictures something we're doing is pretty entertaining I had and short attention span with the videos and stuff I had to fucking download three different apps to get rid of all the people who aren't following us because Mike would follow fucking everyone Kim Kardashian (laughs) Hillary Clinton I'm like why are we following these people like this is insane like he's like they want to know what you're up to follow everyone I was like Hillary Clinton's not gonna follow us back it doesn't matter what? People aren't going to think you're cool because you follow more people than people following your band? That's not even a real-life situation. Who the fuck cares? 
idiots? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? It's the internet. The fact that you're worried about that upsets me. I'm not even worried about it. I was more worried about why the fuck we were following Kim Kardashian. I, I was just a big butt. You poke it with a fucking pin and let that shit drip out? That'd be funny as fuck. <laughs> let all the air out. <laughs> We're going to take a little break, talk about Kim Kardashian a little bit more. You're going to listen to the second track, which was... Swing for the Fences. Swing for the Fences. I sing that. <laughs> I sing Mike, that. Mike, Mike, Mike sings that. Uh, I know. Maybe. So what you need to know about the song is Mike sings that. This is the next interview and go to the third song. You're going to listen to that song, and when we come back, we'll talk more about... Uh, touring and uh, album releases and things like that but for now enjoy swinging for the fences or don't or don't swing but you're gonna listen to it anyways for the <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> Though we're gonna finish this bad boy. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just to make note, we didn't try hard. We're just tired. <laughs> so we were talking about touring um, before, and I wanted to talk about that. You guys did a pretty big tour in like fall of 2013, and then you kind of did that East Coast tour in fall of 2014. Uh, we, we did a couple before that. Okay. So we did a couple like two weekers here and there. Nice. What would you say for a band that's going to go on their first tour? Definitely do this, and definitely don't do this. Uh, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Honestly, just come up with a bunch of money and expect to lose it all. <laughs> if it's your first tour, don't lose it all. Yeah. You figure it out as you keep doing them, and it's like, oh, make some money here and helps you along, but lose it all gonna and especially the first first tour have fun mm. and the thing too is a lot of people go out on the road thinking like oh we're this band from uh, here and there nobody fucking cares they just like <laughs> hooked it with a show and said okay and got their friends bands to play yeah so like be a cool fucking dude make friends no you're gonna yeah. have to play a show hey, in bumfuck on no, a Tuesday night but here's the, here's the thing make friends but you know what? Don't forget them. And when any of those motherfuckers call you, like, hey, we're coming to Chicago, hook them up. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing I try to do is, like, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't book shows or anything like that. I try to just help them. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of friends that I met through touring with this band. And whenever they hit me up saying, hey, we need a show in Chicago, one way or another, I either give them the right person or try to make it happen. Yeah. Is it usually, usually they send them over to Javier, you thing. know, nasty boys and shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm helping out with that now, too. So. Yeah, I, I, I just booked this band, uh, Rabble Rouser, from uh, Cedar Cedar Falls, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and they came out. It was a good time. Bunch of bunch of people came out. We had fun, and dudes were really fucking cool, you know, but... You know, I met them through another guy, and, and they came to us, and I was like, sure, man, we'll hook you up, man. Come yeah. to the south side, fucking set you up, get decent pay, you know, some gas mm -hmm. to get home, something for food, drinks. Yeah. Because you guys have done West Coast, East Coast, kind of like South. What's been your favorite 
kind of region Midwest. <laughs> like, what's been your favorite region dude, to kind I of play like a stint to show? I like East Coast, dude. I like, I, yeah, I like the East Coast because everything's the furthest you're gonna drive is five hours or eight hours. Yeah, right. Whatever. When we toured West Coast, we were like on West Coast for a month, and it was like, all right, Denver is cool. Where, where's next? Oh, SLC was it? Like. Fucking ten hours. Cool. All right. <laughs> Driving <laughs> through the mountains. In a van. Whatever. With no air conditioning. <laughs> fucking four or five oh, guys. Real two only two windows that fucking roll down. Oh, real no. Real quick. Real quick. When we were in a West Coast tour, we were driving. We missed. I missed the exit for the one coming from Portland down to LA. <laughs> so we took the five, which is inland. So we didn't get any of the coastal breeze. We had no air in our van. And it was like 115 out. Ugh. We rolled up the van windows because it felt like somebody was just holding a hair dryer in your face. <laughs> and we we're like, I'd rather just sweat my dick off with the windows. <laughs> at, at one point, the same, same drive he's talking about, we were like, dude, it's fucking sucks in here. EJ's laying on the back of the back, back of the amps, like not moving, and I'm like, why are you so still? He goes, like a fucking lizard, dude. Just don't move. <laughs> You'll cool down. I go, that is just absolutely false. <laughs> You're not cold it's blood. Hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's gonna be fucking You're hot. Blood. <laughs> yeah. And so so at one point we like Ugh. finished off like a twenty-four or like a twelve pack and we cut up the boxes. <laughs> so we're we're taping Bud Light boxes to the window so the sun's not shining in. And then we realized that we taped the Bud Light logo to the outside of the window. And we're like, that probably doesn't look good. Just drive. Right. Just drive. a giant flag, like, yeah. pull us over. We're yeah, a bunch like, of fucking degenerates. That, that, that's a thing, though. We, we never really, like, put a bunch of band stickers all over our van and shit. Make it, make it look like yeah, it's a no. fucking family we, shit we, so you we, don't get robbed yeah, as no, much. We always yeah. fucked up on our own. Remember the time we accidentally drove into Mexico and then like they thought Jimbo was illegal and we were trying to hide all our weed and beers and <laughs> fucking El Paso. Fuck El Paso by the way. Yeah. El Paso sucks. Great skate spots. Yeah. It's oh really cool God. but we missed it. We missed it going through. <laughs> they they booked the show fucking we showed up early for once. Nobody was there. This chick ended up take, like, stealing all the money who booked the show. She stole all the money and left. She's probably a method or something fucked up. <laughs> and their Method's, Walmart sucks. Yeah, and their Walmart sucks. We spent, <laughs> it was like, a green Walmart. It was yeah. like a jewel. There wasn't anything fun. There. there wasn't bikes to ride or fuck <laughs> off on. It was just like, hey, bag of chips or It was like the biggest Get what you need and get the fuck out of here. I was like, I don't even man. need this shit. <laughs> So with the skating too, how you mentioned that El Paso was a cool spot. You guys, I mean, are skaters through and through, and we were joking around about longboarding and stuff. <laughs> how much oh, did you guys find skateboarding first and then punk rock, or punk rock and yeah. skateboarding? Yeah, no, well, yeah. I did. Yeah, same here. Uh, I remember I was like, man, I was in I think sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, and. Uh, even before that, I used to skateboard because my, my my dad used to have this old like old school board, like a fishtail board. Uh huh. And I used to push around on it, and that's my first scar on my chin. Was I was pushing it on my knee and fucking hit this crack and fucking face the open, <laughs> busted it open. But uh, I remember I just skateboarded forever because it was just easy and made sense. And I uh, made a bunch of friends young, and I remember being a skateboarder young. You got called scare fag. You got chased down. You almost got beat up by fucking people. Like everybody yeah. thought you were a fucking weirdo, but mm -hmm. like you were just a normal kid just with a skateboard. But everybody fucking hated you. It was yeah, stupid. I kind of miss that though. It's so Me accepted too. Now. No, now 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 it's like a trend. Like people like there's yeah. like fashion tips on like how to make your shoes look like a skateboarders. It's fucking lame. <laughs> but. So you found skateboarding, and then skateboarding kind of led you to punk rock. Yeah, well, real quick, yeah, I found, yeah. I found, I found skateboarding, and then uh, my friend Irving, his first band I was in ever, is me and him, he played bass, I played guitar, we had this drummer, um, Matt Kowalczak, rest in peace, drowned in Lake Michigan, but uh, fucking, uh, yeah, we just started playing like Misfits covers, Ramones covers, Black Flag covers, mm -hmm. and then, like, you know, whatever that shit, I was, we were young as hell, and then like, 
start writing our own songs and band, 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 you know, you yeah, progress, yeah. but you learn it. I know, I know you uh, mentioned like fucking. That's um, what introduced me to punk rock. Yeah. Jim Greco's part. Fucking Irving. Irving, Irving and uh, remember Edwin? Yeah, Edwin, motherfucker, Edwin, what's up? I still talk to him. <laughs> you mentioned, you know, playing a fucking acoustic show with a 610 and the dudes in Flatfoot. Yeah. Flatfoot 56 played this fucking church on uh, Pulaski, like maybe 92nd or something over there. Yeah, yeah, but it was Jimmy a free show, house. right? What's up, yeah. It was at a, at a church, and like me and a bunch of my friends went. Me and you know, Evan went. Yeah, Corey was there. We were there skating, too. we almost got beat about, up at like, the liquor store. Yeah, this is about around <laughs> the time that, uh, you know, I just started getting into the punk scene, you know? Uh-huh. And I went there, and like. Even to this day, like I'll pass it, like going on deliveries and shit for my. I'll get goosebumps because I remember it like awesome. But Flatfoot Fifty Six played, and I was like, "Who are these guys? You know, what's going on with this?" And like, you know, they part the crowd, and like Braveheart, man, the Braveheart, you know. And the guy across from me was this big motherfucker, (laughs) real hefty dude, taller than I was, head down, you know, just about the same size as Tobin almost. Uh You know, and he mm. was the one coming right at me, and I'm like, fuck yeah. And it was just so yeah, fucking say, fun, and everybody got say, along, and like... I was gonna say, who the fuck is taller than you? Well, I mean, at the time, I was probably like fucking 5'11", or Like some, a normal height. Some, yeah, something dumb. But I mean, like, that that was like... And that, and and I, you know, I'll probably always get drunk and tell Tobin, man, you guys are my first fucking, you know. But it was my first real punk rock show, and and yeah. that that was the show that was like, fuck yeah, I want to do this, I want I want to I, I want to do this, and I and I want to make people, you know, fucking happy and run around and jump around and have a fucking good time. It's cool. yeah. The but the only good part about playing a band is live shows. Loading your gear, unloading your gear sucks. <laughs> Recording, trying You wouldn't know about loading and unloading. We usually do that for you, dickhead. What do you mean? I'm getting loaded all the time. <laughs> the beauty of being a lead singer, I'm like, oh, I'm going to work the uh, merch table over here. I know here. all okay, about getting loaded. <laughs> all I know all about getting loaded. Um, but do you think kind of like when you guys got into skating and kind of found punk rock, do you feel well, that kind of the skating culture is the same? Or well, is it really it like... Well, no, no, for, for me, it's... Like I said, like, you know, I was just like a weird skateboarder kid and then like... Actually, I met my friend Lewis who... He, uh, he's got a hip-hop thing now, Novator. Fucking, he kills it. He was always a good lyricist. He's a little singer model. We saw him play okay. the other day. Victor oh, got his phone stolen. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, but anyway, so, um, <laughs> Wait, where go? so like, uh, I remember yeah. him and, uh, it was him and this kid, Albert, and this kid, Brian Brown. And I mean, like, it was, before that, it was just me and this kid, Irving, we were, like, neighborhood kids. We were just skateboarding, mm. and I remember, like, we, you know, we figured out, like, the Ramones, the Black Flag, all the, all the, the first steps. Yeah. But then I remember these cats like came through. They were from West Long. We were from Midway, and they came to our skate park. And it was like you know tight pants, like Liberty Spikes, like the first, like yeah. the the street punk boom in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I used to be going to West Long. Man. Yeah. So it was like fuck, like oh we met these. We're like we're like oh fuck, you guys like punk rock? We like punk rock. We skateboard cool. Yeah. So I ended up like skating up in West Long, joined the band, spent the youth with them, played with them for a long time, and. You know, did some other shit after that, but that was like my first like skateboarding. Literally, without skateboarding, I would have never learned about punk rock. I mean, even Jim Greco's part, like I said, welcome to hell. Like, mm-hmm. fix me. Like every skate part, every skate part I've seen in videos up to this point has been two, three minutes, and then there was Jim Greco. I was just like a 45 second part <laughs> boom 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 to fix me from black flag I'm like that's fucking cool <laughs> like that's what that's what did it and I was like alright yeah so what's funny and, was like it's the same thing with me though yeah I used to be going up to West Lawn and my first actually show was in my basement yeah my Wait, my old band played his fucking <laughs> basement it was, it was me and my brother I forgot about I that. that it was me and my brother there's and, a picture of that with Johnny G's and all those yeah, motherfuckers yeah this is everyone and shit. I remember going up to West Lawn, seeing everyone. I was like, all right, cool. And I started skating around the same time. I mean, a little early on. Yeah. But 
it drove me into punk and everything, you know, like just music, just music in general, and just everything. He's yeah, a, he's also our first drummer outside of EJ that actually skates. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So you guys on tour, you guys always bring your boards, always looking for spots. Yeah. When we went, we went to the husband's show. So? Yeah, no, yeah, you got, got it. We brought our boards. We brought our boards. And you actually uh, <laughs> fairly recently did the first class fools things I learned from skateboarding, right? Oh yeah, I did one of those. Uh, I mean, I think a couple of us have done it. There's like first class fools is just like a couple like. Um, you know, it's like, hey, albums that make you want to skate, things to learn from skateboard. There's a couple like things that we just try to ask everybody. Yeah. But so definitely check that out if you don't know about First Class Fools. Check it out and check out that thing that Mike did with them. Uh, recording wise, you guys have done some stuff. Uh, we were talking about with Sexy Baby Records and whatnot, and there's a good mix of kind of singles and e- EPs and LPs and things like that. Um, the two main ones would be Corey Webster Must Die and Daggers Down, right? With some like yeah. sprinkled singles say, in yeah. between. Corey, Corey Webster Must Die is out of print. We still know the song. We play a couple. Uh-huh. You know, there, there are old songs, but the ones that everyone we're, we're, that like knows you from we, we the play beginning we, is like play we, this one. No, no, like we don't fucking no. play that one we, anymore. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't play those. But <laughs> it's not that we don't play it. It's like we haven't played it in so we long haven't that we don't it. know how. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we probably figured out. We good. play "Living in Sin" all the fucking time. Pretty much every single show. Nobody likes that song. It's a bad yeah, song. and it's fucking awesome. That's but like a I, mean, bad song. Nobody bets and I do it. Ever. I'll have to turn to these guys and be like, "What's the first fucking lyric? How the fuck do I sing it?" Like I'll have Victor bring it up on his phone. And I'm like. And then once oh, you get yeah. the first line, that's like all right now, I, I couldn't tell you what the fucking first lyric is. Every other song I ask some motherfucker, I'm like, dots or no dots. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, oh, it's an A. Was it A flat or A? Because <laughs> we, I don't know. So I, now that you guys have the Victor on drums, and you guys kind of have this new lineup, is there new tunes in the pipeline or another yes. recording session coming up? Yes. What's, I mean, what's I mean, in I've, store? I've, I've, because of work schedules, we he don't He sent me a bunch of songs I never listened to. Yeah, he never does. Eventually, <laughs> already. Why didn't you send me that? I never heard that. Well, you should have. I sent it to you like just, four fucking times. Just come the fuck over. <laughs> yeah. But also, again, with conflicting schedules like I could basically like Dude, just come over literally anytime with Victor you know anytime <laughs> and we, we 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 jam through like two songs so we got like two I said it is one new ones that are like huh? fully like <laughs> yeah done you know just gotta work on a couple lyrics and and maybe, uh, like, all the bass you know. shit are you guys yeah. planning <laughs> out <laughs> no, apparently I am an EP LP are you guys gonna hold on to them and do a full length are you guys no, gonna we, put them we, out we, as soon we, as we get done to it, but then uh, we, we, you know, we talked with Brett, and Brett was like, "Dude, just fucking, you know, put it out." I also fucking say, awesome. I was saying, why, why don't we just put that out as a YouTube thing? Put all those songs out on YouTube, and we'll re-record them if we want to do full length. Yeah, but if we put them out, then it's fucking just like already out there. Why we, we ain't doing them? shit. That's <laughs> like extra work that we, we have to this do. This is the only thing we're doing otherwise. So we gotta <laughs> record it twice. It's already recorded once. <laughs> okay. So we should have it down then. No, we fucking First put try, this bitch. out and then put a bunch of fucking more awesome songs. Put a pinch of me. <laughs> One last thing before we go into the speed round and listen to another track is I love how you guys do your Ridgeland's tip of the day on Facebook. <laughs> just, just we so poetic, we so fucking no, insightful. We, yeah, when, when did you guys think to do that? For those of you who don't know, every <laughs> once in a while, they'll be like, tip of the day and it'll just be like some random shit but sometimes you're like fuck yeah that makes that it's, makes a lot of sense. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's usually funny and just us being fucked up or something we don't even alert each other it's like we're man. doing it it's just like <laughs> yeah. somebody on the facebook you know it's what like, that's fucking funny yeah it's like uh, i mean it's like usually it's like oh i'm like hammered and it's like damn i shoot down yeah, whatever fucking whatever i come up with something goofy Vice versa, whoever he does it, and then I forget what I was talking about. I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> the tip of the day. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. I'll, give you, I'll give you a tip for today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Let but, uh, me give you a goddamn tip for today. No, it's just like kind of. I don't know. I got anything to say about it. You put yourself I, on I, the spot. I, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Don't listen to me. You guys, like, I don't know. We haven't done one in like the past four months. I don't know. They were kind of funny. We thought yeah, it was a cool idea. Like you, know, you pick a random fucking number. Ridgeland's tip 432. <laughs> basically, Not 432. There's probably only like basically, six. Basically, like, if, if you're living the shithead life, and I, I don't mean being an asshole, but like, if you like drinking more than most things, you can relate to some of them. Because <laughs> that's the thing, like, I can't think, of, can't think of them now, but. Yeah. Oh, the one, the when one I was good like, in Arabic, yeah, yeah. Don't listen to people. I feel that. <laughs> don't listen to people when they tell you to put your head up. If you look down, you'll find more change. <laughs> you know? I don't need your change, hit me. <laughs> oh my gosh, one last thing that I needed to get the story. There was the whole April Fool's thing with the dog having Ebola. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. But right, hold on. First of all, that was stupid. But... <laughs> so many people were like, oh my gosh, is he okay? And Why? <laughs> but the one That's thing that I, the one hey, thing that I hope that is not a lie was there was a picture of you guys when you played indie a while back and you were in a wheelchair at the top of the stairs and it was oh, like yeah, no, you were I, in a wheelchair I, I, and they no. got you in a wheelchair so I need to know that story but no no they had a wheelchair uh, we were staying at a homeboy's house and they had they, they had a wheelchair I don't know they always do it's fun so like no so it was fun so we were like cruising around like downstairs we're like doing wheelies and shit and like yeah. pull ourselves up it was like cool and then, there was actually a mattress at the bottom of the stage, and it's like a hallway. Oh, no, the mattress was for jumping. The mattress was for jumping. Yeah, we would jump on the top. So this kid, this kid Andy, who moved to Atlanta, moved out of their house in Indy, and he left like a bed and shit there. He's still like working on it. Yeah. So we got hammered at the end of the night. Like, I don't know how it became a good idea, but it was like, let's put this mattress at the bottom of the stairs because it was like real steep and tall. Uh-huh. And then it was like. Let's just jump down the fucking stairs and like land on the mattress. That was cool. And yeah. that girl fell down the stairs. Yeah, she fucking. <laughs> and there wasn't a mattress she, at the bottom. Oh yeah, no. She wiped the fuck out hard. She did. Like, and everybody was like, oh. And she gets up. She was a good sport. She's like, I'm fine. That's and just walks it off. That's what everyone's like. Are you okay? And if you say yeah, like everyone starts laughing or like, oh, no, yeah, no, I didn't see it, I didn't see it. It was, it was whatever, but then even before that, then uh, eventually, I don't know, like I said, we just kept getting drunker and hanging out. And then it was like, was that the same night EJ busted his head or no? Was that a different trip? Yeah, I think it was, a, they all put together. But, but the wheelchair, so, hooligans. So, so then it was like, oh, I was bringing upstairs and we're like hanging out upstairs, partying, I was sitting in a wheelchair and like, I wheeled out to the stairs. I'm like, I'm gonna roll down these motherfuckers. <laughs> but I got stuck. The picture is key because like I'm yeah. at the I'm at the apex of like about to roll over and like go down the stairs and it just got stuck. <laughs> so I was like sitting there and like going for it, but that's when they took the picture. <laughs> I was alright though. But yeah. it like looks sketchy. It's like, yeah. oh fuck. <laughs> Alright, we're going to take one final break. You're going to listen to the third song, uh, Ridgeland's Record Live at Coach House Recordings, which was... The third song or the fourth song? The third song. The third song was Lost Boys. Alright, you're yes. going to listen to Lost Boys, and when we come back, we're going to do the speed it. round. So for now, enjoy. Speed round, huh? Oh, yeah.
we're back. Just listen to Lost Boys. We're gonna wrap this up with the speed round. Uh, I'm gonna ask a question and the boys are gonna answer individually. Uh, so the first one I always like to ask is what is the first album, cassette, CD, anything that you remember buying with your own money? Oh man. Yeah, you guys go first. Um, buying with my own money. I used to just steal my brother's dookie CDs and cassettes. Cool. But uh, maybe the first one I ever bought was like a fucking Cure album in the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. Oh, you were... It was at, it was at like some fucking random sad. store and I seen it <laughs> yeah, and I was real like... Sad day. I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. And then I had like the fucking nine hour drive <laughs> home listening, <laughs> listening to the fucking Cure. <laughs> and I was like... Boys cry sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know. Victor, you remember? Oh, it's just like off my brother and everything, you know. Just what was like, the first one you sold from your brother? The Casualties. Alrighty. Casualties. I don't know which album it was, but I remember listening to Casualties. I still think your brother is younger than you, by the way. <laughs> I can't believe he's older than yeah, you. Yeah, he's older than me. He used to have uh, the New York Dolls. Mm. And then my parents just used to listen to like Rod Stewart, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, like all that. Nice. Stuff. Shit. So just grew up around everything like that. Awesome. Yeah. Mike, do you remember? Um, it can be the first one like you borrowed from a friend too. Right. Oh, all right. First one I borrowed from family is me and my friend Irving, uh, Irving Roman. It was the person I first started playing music with, and I remember it was like we seen Black Flag and the Jim Greco video fucking hell or whatever and then it was like he brought the first four years and then like the misfits collections and minor threat and i didn't that was the first i heard of him mm -hmm. and then i hustled a bunch of like candy i got on my eighth grade trip <laughs> and went to dc uh-huh i remember we were at a mall and the first things i bought was like you know the minor threat it's got like you know all their shit on the one cd yeah I bought both Misfits collections plus Static Age, and then I bought Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks, because I heard that from my uncle when I was super young. And I got all those, and the coolest thing about that trip, real quick, listen to Bullet on my headphones, visiting Kennedy's grave. That Dang. Was cool. Did you even but, know it was about that at the time? Yeah, no, I heard it. I was like, this is shit. And I bought it and I listened to it when we went to visit the Eternal Flame. It was cool. Nice. I also peed in a reflecting pool in my eighth grade. <laughs> but, uh, Did it shoot back up at you? No, there was like, it was gross and there was bums sleeping all along. It <laughs> fucking DC is terrible. Favorite <laughs> alcoholic <laughs> beverage? Uh, Alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fa no liquor of choice or favorite beer? Um, Miller Lite's pretty fucking awesome. Doesn't but make us really, fat. really, really, uh, you know, you can hand me anything. And I'll you'll drink, drink it. it. Fair enough. <laughs> I will. Favorite venue to play in Chicagoland? Chicagoland, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any, so it could be Frank's like. Frank's <laughs> No, uh, Chicagoland, uh. What's a good Chicago venue? Because, like, Blue Island venues sometimes. I like Beat Kitchen a lot. Beat Kitchen yeah. is fucking cool. Beat Kitchen's cool. I like, uh... They got good, like, fucking really nice man, staff man. there. Like, I say Chicago like, land, so it could be, like, Blue Island or, like, right, something. You mean Chicago area? Yeah, that's what, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, like, actual Chicago. I don't know. Yeah. Um, man, I would have to say my favorite place to play, like... Yeah, there's some good ones. Uh, you got any Victor while he's thinking? I think I like Whoa. Pub Time. Pub Time? Nice. Shit. Well, my old band, I played House of Blues and uh, oh, aren't Bottom you fancy. Lounge. Bottom Lounge. So. Okay, nice. If you could open for one band, Living or Dead, what would that band be? Wait, us dead or alive? Or <laughs> no, the band. So, like, you could open dead. Like, you could play with The Clash, even though they're they're gone. I don't know, who cares? Whoever let us open for them. <laughs> That's kind of how it's always been. We've never been like, oh, we're really fucking... Or like you as a oh, musician. Oh, we should be opening for this band. Like, I wouldn't like, even care about opening for a band. Yeah. As long as they're cool. Because, I mean, we, we've played with a couple of right. bands and they just kind of be like fucking boners. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
That's the thing. It's, like, you, I it's mean, like, oh, I look up to you, you guys. You, you, you play with somebody you think is awesome as fuck, but... And then you're just a letdown person. But I don't know, but but if you think about it, like I, I you know, I'd like to say the Clash and the Ramones, but like I don't want to ruin that for myself. Because mm. like if they're dildos, then I, I would be like, dude, but that's childish. One on one. My honest opinion. Any fucking band that is established, any. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I would like to open for any band that is established. But original. Somebody who like like I mean you look at the runs, they fucking they made their own shit. Yeah. They like started a whole fucking genre. Like a band like that, any band, like even if it's like fucking a crusty band or fucking whatever, somebody who made their own shit did their own shit and are cool people. That's the type of band I like to open for. Yeah, not nice. even fuck who it is. It doesn't Yeah. Like I fucking love a bunch of bands, but that's not important. Cool. Definitely. Same or? Same, pretty much. Yeah, um, who should local band? Who should I have on the podcast next? Nightcap again. Nightcap again. Uh, <laughs> Someone shoe I have bomb. Shoe bomb. Yeah. Okay. But they're they're from like the midway area. They're they're young Younger dudes, dude. Young cats. And they're fucking awesome. I think they they used to. They, I think they have a uh, video on YouTube. Covering "Take the World by Storm," which is off Corey Webster Must Die, but they were always awesome too. They would they would be like, "Man, what, what, how is it like twenty one to get in?" And we're like, "Yeah." Dude, <laughs> yeah. But we did they play Mike's Love and Music when we almost brought him on tour. Because <laughs> like we the day before tour, we were like, "Well, who the fuck are we gonna bring with us?" And then we ended up bringing like fucking Ian and Chris. But um, no, they 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 they're fucking awesome. Like when we first heard them play. They're like what you'd think they would sound like. You know, mm-hmm. a bunch of younger kids just starting to play music. Yeah. But they just played Pub Time recently, and it was like the most fucking exciting thing I've seen in a while. Like, nice. these guys are so full of energy. And, yeah, shoe bomb. So that one band I said, yo, who is this on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those yeah, are those okay. dudes. Yep. Um, as Ridgelands, if you guys started with covering music... Did you guys? What was like the first cover you guys did as a band? If Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Yes. Do you want to touch me? Yeah. You did, yeah. That was the we, first cover well, you guys did as a band. It was. Yeah. It was in the same our key. Our first show. It was in the same key as our song "Living in Sin." So we did. Do you want to touch me? And then at the end, one kind of rings out. It's in the same key as our next song "Living in Sin." Hell yeah! So then we just fucking hit it right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. That's all I got. What is the last song you guys played today? Uh, Let me know. Don't remember. Let me know. All right, so we're going to play you out with Let Me Know. Ridgelands, thanks so much for coming out. We really appreciate it. And from all of us here at Frisky Morris and Friends, this has been Frisky Morris Sessions number... I always say the wrong number anyway, so I'm just going to leave it blank. Have a good day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this, and we are out. Take it easy. Honestly, it wasn't that frisky. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty mellow on the frisky end. (laughs) All right, we'll see you later. Were you talking? Okay. Okay.